You are listening to Gone But Never Forgotten. Our topics can include, but are not limited to, murder, sexual assault, graphic and gruesome details, and more. These topics are adult in nature and are not meant for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. One of the most common sentiments that I think is seen in the world around us these days is that the world is becoming a scarier and scarier place regardless of what you look at and what you see in your direct circle of friends and family. One thing that I believe is certain is that our children and our teens are growing up faster and growing up in a world that is much more rife with anger, mental health struggles, and sometimes a complete and utter lack of regard or awareness from parents. Sadly, far too often these struggles lead to stories like the one that I am covering here today. This story is a recent one as the life sentence was just doled out on March 24th of 2023. This case covers what appears from all angles to be a case of a young man who was completely lost without checks and balances and a young girl who lost her life for seemingly no other reason than that a young man wanted to fulfill a fantasy of murder. Hello, my name is Lance, and welcome to episode 76 of Gone But Never Forgotten. Warning Signs Aplenty, The Murder of Tristan Bailey. This week's case is going to look at the lives of two teens who lived and were living very different lives. I feel it's pertinent to look at both sides because I think that there are a lot of lessons to be learned and there are a lot of angles that should be covered in cases like this one. As the stepfather to a young man, I know that parenting is quite easily one of the scariest things that there are on the face of the planet and that you fear at every twist and turn that you are making the wrong decisions, even when you are sure that you are making the right ones. Tristan Bailey was one of five children to her parents, Stacy and Forrest Bailey. She lived in Durban Crossing, which is in the northwest part of St. John's County in Florida, about 20 miles to the southeast of Jacksonville, Florida. Tristan was a student at Patriot Oaks Academy in St. John's, and she was also a member of the cheerleading team. Tristan was seemingly loved by absolutely everyone that had ever come into contact with her. Her friends and her cheerleading teammates all spoke very highly of Tristan, saying that her thoughtfulness and her caring attitude towards everyone that she came into contact with was just a light in the world around her at all times. Even the families of Tristan's cheerleading teammates said that she was like a daughter to every family that she was around. She was inspiring, 
and she always had the backs of everyone that was close to her. A video would go viral of Tristan after her death that would show her at the age of 10 saying, quote, That's my squad. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, because we are family, unquote. Everyone that knows the Bailey family says that Tristan's attitude towards life and her infectious love for others was a true testament to her family, who met everyone that they came into contact with, with hugs and smiles. Tristan's home life seemed to have been as close to a dream as anyone could imagine. Her parents and family seemed incredibly close-knit, and her family spoke of how Tristan was the same with her family. Her siblings came first, and she had different and incredible relationships with each and every one of them. She literally just sounds like the light of the world, which pretty much had me in tears as I was researching the case. Her sister Brittany would say that Tristan was also incredibly sassy. She didn't care what anyone else thought about her. She was unapologetically Tristan. Tristan also had a love for TikTok, Starbucks, Target, and Gucci. Forrest Bailey said throughout all of the trials and tribulation that we are about to cover that he hoped that the people that were following the story would remember to live a little bit more like Tristan. Forrest said that he hopes that when anyone sees life getting harder and more challenging, that they would hear one more voice inside of their head, that being the voice of Tristan cheering them on. Her entire family just seems incredible. There really are no other words for them. Unfortunately for Tristan and the entire Bailey family, everything would change on May 9th of 2021, Mother's Day. Tristan and her siblings had plans to make a very special Mother's Day breakfast for their mom Stacy on May 9th, 2021. Tristan's sister, Sophia, had already started to prepare the meal when things suddenly started to change. Tristan's family realized that none of them had heard from her, nor were they able to get in touch with her. Around 10 a.m., they would call the St. John's County Sheriff's Office, and just before 2 p.m., the Sheriff's Office announced that they were searching for Tristan. Deputies would say that Tristan was last seen around 11.15 on May 8, 2021. Searches would begin in earnest for Tristan, or any sign of Tristan. Unfortunately, it did not take long for something to be found. At roughly 6 p.m., a body was found in the immediate area that they believed that Tristan had last been, and the St. John's County Sheriff's Office would announce that they had found a body that they believed belonged to Tristan. At 9.51 p.m., they released a statement that said that they didn't believe that there was any threat to the community and that search efforts could come to an end. Investigators were asked about two homes in the area that were blocked off and surrounded in police tape, but investigators would not give any information other than to say that there were numerous people in the community that they were having discussions with. Thankfully, this was a case that seemed to move quickly. In some respects, that is a blessing, and of course in other respects, that is very taxing on a family. 
to go essentially 16 hours from the time that your daughter was last seen until her body was recovered has to be an emotional whirlwind for anyone. This, for most people, is a time frame where the family at least has a lot of hope that something strange has happened, but that their child will show up with some sort of explanation. In this case, the explanation would also seemingly come quickly as well. Approximately 36 hours after Tristan was last seen, the St. John Sheriff's Office, or SJSO, would announce that there had been an arrest made in connection to the death of Tristan at 11.40 a.m. on May 10th. They would announce that a 14-year-old boy was in custody and that he was facing a second-degree murder charge in the death of Tristan Bailey. The SJSO would also confirm that Tristan's body was found by a resident in the area and that her body was found in a wooded area. At this point in the case, they did not release a cause of death. The boy that was charged was Aiden Fucci. Aiden was also a student at Patriot Oaks Academy, where Tristan attended, and the two had grown up in the same neighborhood. Aiden Fucci, as we will discuss as we go along, was certainly one awful young man who perhaps people should have taken a little more seriously as it would turn out that he had told people that he was going to do precisely what he did in this case. On May 11th, Aiden would appear in the Volusia County Regional Detention Center, and he would be formally charged with second-degree murder and ordered to stay in juvenile detention for 21 days until the state attorney's office made a decision on whether Aiden would be charged as a youth or as an adult. The SJSO would also update their statement in regards to Tristan's case, and they would reveal that Tristan had been stabbed to death. Just over two weeks later, on May 27th of 2021, it was announced that Aiden was going to be charged as an adult, and his charge was also being upgraded from second-degree murder to premeditated first-degree murder. Aiden would appear before a judge the following day, and he would be told that first-degree murder is a capital felony, and it is punishable by life in prison or a death sentence. However, because he was a juvenile, his maximum penalty would be life in prison. Florida attorney R.J. Lariza would announce that the reasons that this charge was being upgraded was because Aiden had told friends that he was going to kill someone within the next 30 days, and prosecutors believed that that proved that this act was premeditated. He had told those friends that he was going to take someone into the woods and stab them. The two, Aiden and Tristan, were believed to have been hanging out with mutual friends on the night that the murder occurred, and closed-circuit television would later show that the two were walking alone in the area near where Tristan's body would be found. And later, Aiden would be seen in the same area running away by himself. Larissa would also announce that Tristan had been stabbed 114 times, with 49 of those wounds having been sustained to her hands and arms, and recognized as defensive wounds. Investigators would recover a folding buck knife that was in a pond near where Tristan's body was found, and that was the murder weapon. 
the knife that was recovered was missing a piece of its tip, and sadly that tip would be found lodged in Tristan's scalp. On June 3rd, Aiden would enter a plea of not guilty in the murder of Tristan Bailey. His plea would open the door to a full-fledged investigation and the uncovering of all of the evidence against Aiden. That plea would also start the ball rolling towards a trial with a full jury. Aiden would not be the only person who would find himself up on charges, though, as only two days later, Aiden's mom, Crystal Smith, would turn herself in after a warrant was laid for her arrest. She would be charged with evidence tampering. Smith was being charged because she was present on May 9th when Aiden was being interviewed by investigators, and she would get busy after Aiden left with the deputies. Surveillance cameras inside of the home would watch on as Crystal would go into her son's bedroom and grab the jeans that he was allegedly wearing when he killed Tristan, and she would then be seen scrubbing the jeans out to get blood off in the bathroom sink. She then would take the jeans and put them back in Aiden's room for investigators to see later. The jeans would test positive for blood, and the sink that Crystal used to wash the jeans would also test positive for the presence of blood. All of that was clearly done after Crystal was fully aware that her son was suspected of murder. State Attorney R.J. Larizza would announce that tampering with evidence was illegal should never be done, and could not be excused. On July 14th, the state attorney's office would release new documents in the case, and they would reveal that two friends had told investigators that Aiden had spoken many times about his desire to kill someone. He had specifically even said that he wanted to kill someone by stabbing them or slitting their throat, and then he wanted to dump them into the forest. On July 23rd, Crystal Smith would enter a plea of not guilty for evidence tampering. There were some very disturbing aspects of Aiden's personality that would come to light around this time as well. One such photo was a Snapchat photo that was taken by Aiden in the back of the police car. Aiden was holding up a peace sign and he captioned the photo, Hey guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? Aiden had also taken several Snapchat videos as he was sitting in the back of the police car. In one video, he said, quote, We're having fun in a fucking cop car, unquote, while he was looking into the camera and smiling. In another video, he would say, quote, Guess who's in a fucking cop car? Tripping, dude, unquote. With all of the evidence that was coming to light, prosecutors wanted to move towards a trial near the end of 2022. However, the defense would file to postpone the trial because they said that they needed more time, partly because one of the defense lawyers was working on another trial as well, and that trial involved the death penalty. When the filings were made, the case was set to begin on November 7th of 2022, and the case would be pushed back to February of 2023. And with that, all of the filings that are commonplace in cases like this would start. There was a filing to remove Fucci from solitary confinement. There was a filing to move his trial outside of St. John's County. 
there was a filing to have a six-person jury instead of a 12-person jury. And then, of course, there were problems caused by the criminal. In January of 2023, reports were released that showed that Aiden Fucci was not a model prisoner. In his time in the Duval County Jail, he got into several fights with other inmates and even threatened to kill corrections officers, inmates, and even families of inmates who were living on the outside. Not shockingly, the defense team would again file to have the trial moved further back on February 1st, but that was denied outright. Shockingly, as preparations were being made to choose a jury for the trial, though, something would drastically change. On February 6th of 2023, Aiden Fucci would change his plea to guilty in the 2021 killing of Tristan Bailey and to the charge of first-degree murder. The change in plea was not negotiated. In fact, the prosecution had already rejected multiple plea deals that were made by the defense team. Aiden would tell court that he wanted to apologize to the Bailey family for what he had done. Bailey's family would leave the courtroom in tears at the change in plea, and Sheriff Hardwick would say that the change in plea was a credit to the work done by investigators and the stack of evidence that they had amassed against Aiden. I have to say that you have to be happy to hear things like this. This little punk seriously had issues, but... Somebody that was guiding him realized that he was finished. In changing his plea, he thankfully saved the family of Tristan and everyone else the gory details of what happened that led to her murder. On March 20th, Judge R. Lee Smith would make decisions on filings that were made by Aiden's defense team leading up to the sentencing hearing. The first motion was the defense team asking the judge to not include examples of post-arrest bad acts that were allegedly performed by Aiden, including his actions in jail and his actions in the back of the police car. The second motion was the defense team asking the judge not to include prior bad acts, such as disrespect towards staff at school and fights that he had gotten into. This was a troubled young man, and who can blame the defense team for trying to get the judge to simply look at the murder itself and not look at the actions of Aiden before and after that act when he was considering sentencing. Those actions would certainly start to give a wider-lensed look at the mindset that Aiden had. The judge, however, was having none of those motions, and he decided to announce that he would decide what incidents to allow into his thought process when sentencing on a case-to-case -case basis. Fucci's sentencing hearing would take place on March 21st and 22nd of 2023. The prosecution would try to make it very evident who Aiden was at the time that he killed Tristan. Witnesses would talk about the aforementioned Snapchat photo and videos. A crime scene analyst, the chief medical examiner, and a licensed psychologist would all present issue the issues and the downright disgusting actions that Aiden had shown in the murder and in his own actions before and after the murder. The psychologist would describe Aiden's unusual fascination with gore, violence, and death, 
and would also share details from an interview that he had conducted with Aiden's ex-girlfriend, who had laid out the fact that he had spoken many times about killing people. On day two, Tristan's family would take the stand. Perhaps the most uh, emotionally jarring part of this was when Alexis, Tristan's older sister, took the stand with an empty glass jar. She proceeded to put 114 teal stones into the glass jar, and she explained to the court that she did that to show how long it would take to give someone 114 stab wounds, which was exactly what Aiden had done to Tristan. Tristan's family would contend that everything that he had put Tristan through, everything that he had put the family through, and everything that he had taken away from the world in killing Tristan proved that he was beyond help and that he deserved to be sentenced to the maximum punishment allowable. On March 24th, Judge Arlie Smith would agree, and he would sentence Aiden Fucci to life in prison for the murder of Tristan Bailey. Smith would say that this case was the most difficult and shocking case that St. John's County had ever seen. Judge Arlie Smith would say, quote, This was not done out of greed. It was not done in retaliation or retribution or revenge. It was not a crime of passion. It was not a crime that was committed because he felt rejected by her. It was not done in a fit of uncontrollable anger. There was no reason. There was no purpose. It was done for no other reason than to satisfy this defendant's internal desire to feel what it was like to kill someone. This leads this court to the conclusion that there is only one appropriate sentence in this case. Unquote. Aiden Fucci was sentenced to life in prison, and his sentence can be reviewed after he spends 25 years behind bars. Thankfully, Aiden is not going to be seeing the outside for a long time, if ever again, and he presently is serving his sentence at the Suwanee Correctional Institution in Live Oak, Florida. Forrest Bailey would address the court after the sentencing and say that he was appreciative to the court for the sentence that was handed down. He was proud of the young woman that his daughter was and disappointed that he, she did not get to live a full life. He also did appeal to the public and say that Aiden's family should not be mistreated after the trial because they too are suffering and in pain. He asked for the public to extend kindness to them as well as for his own family. And there we have it. A case that ended just weeks before this episode was recorded, and a case that is heartbreaking in so many ways. One of the things that shocks me to the core is when we hear stories like this one that encompass the lives of young people. We have to wonder what we're doing wrong as a society when our 14-year-olds have the capacity to premeditate acts like this one, much less see them through. We've mentioned many times in the past, and I think it bears repeating again here, if you ever hear someone levying threats against the lives of anyone, especially in today's climate, take heed and do something about it. There were plenty of warning signs in the life of Aiden to signal that this young man was troubled and that he needed help. 
It is the worst time to come forward after the act has been done and someone has lost their life. There is no way of saying whether someone coming forward before Tristan was killed would have saved hers or someone else's life, but there is damn sure a better chance of stopping a crime from happening if a whistle is blown before any crime is committed. Especially in situations like this one where description was given as to what Aiden wanted to do to someone, and even a timeline, there is certainly no excuse for keeping those things a secret. Like I always say, when we hear things like this come to light after someone's life is ended, it is better to share something that winds up being viewed as nothing than to keep quiet until you are called as a witness when someone has been killed. If you've been, if you have even an inkling of an idea that someone is capable of the things that Aiden was clearly capable of, you need to absolve yourself of the blame, guilt, and shame that can come with not speaking up. Also, the actions of Crystal Smith are absolutely insane to me. I don't care how much you love your child, or how much you love someone that's being investigated for a murder. There is no excuse for tampering with what you know or what you think may be evidence. The fact that she tried to cover the tracks of her son who was already en route to investigators is something that we hear of way too much these days. If you love your child, I personally think that a part of love is realizing that your child needs to be held responsible for their actions. Trying to hide a killer so that maybe they can get off is not a normal thought process for anyone. And that is where I'll leave you goners for this week. What a heartbreaking story. But thankfully, a story that has an ending. Thankfully, police were all over this, and from start to finish, the goal was to get justice for a girl who was a light in the world around her, and whose light was darkened far far too early. Here's to hoping that we can all be a little more like Tristan Bailey. I'll see you all back here next week for another episode of Gone But Never Forgotten. Be better.